Hello and welcome to episode 110 of the Live to Walk Again podcast. My name is Jeremy Dixon. I'm your host as always, and with me once again have the full the full house over here. We have uh, Brandon and Ricardo are in the building, guys. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing great, Jeremy. Good to be here today. Good seeing Brandon. Yep. Yep. Hey, hey, Jeremy, Ricardo. I'm happy to be here. Um, it's good that we've got this is a back to back where we're all in the studio. So I think this might be hopefully a permanent thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping so as well. This is uh, it's always fun, man, to uh, to be in here with you guys. Well, then don't sound so excited. Oh, I'm, yeah. I, bro, I'm always excited, man. What are you talking about? This is uh, this is great. <laughs> Been waiting, been waiting all week for this. So, um, did you have a good week, Jer? Did you do anything I, exciting? I have not really well, done basketball much. season started. Yeah, right? NBA season's yeah. back. I yeah. like that. That's great. It's yeah, good sports to... right now in Seattle's not going well. <laughs> Let's no, put no. it that way, man. <laughs> no, man, we're yeah, uh, we're we're having a tough go of it. We're living vicariously through uh, Tampa Bay and what I don't know what whoever else is winning championships yeah, right now. It's not us. Yeah. yeah, definitely not us. But hey, uh, thank you for listening. You, you know, if you could rate, review, share, like, listen, all that good stuff, we uh, we really appreciate it. You know, it just helps us with the algorithms and whatnot. And hey, we're just trying to find a cure for paralysis over here. So, uh, yeah, you know, we have. I'm pretty excited about today's guest oh, Zach I'm, Wolf. I'm, I'm really excited about him because um you know I have a my 86 year old uncle has Parkinson's and um he has difficulty moving sometimes and you know I think some of the stuff that Zach's working on could help uh, elderly patients too right with mobility and moving your body around right so I was a little I was a little more shocked when I got a call from my uncle the other day and uh he said um hey um can you come pick me up at the bar? The drinks are a little watered down, but the girls are good looking. And I said, well, give me the address. He gave me the address. I went down there and uh, it turns out he was in the ER, not a bar. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> and uh, so- Are you I, kidding? Is this no, a joke? This is true. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. And I get in there and I said, well, you were right about uh, the drinks being watered down and the women being good looking, but it's not a bar. <laughs> so. So, but the reason he was there is he woke up and he couldn't move his legs. Oh, man. Yeah. And so Jeez, he had to man. go to the ER and get checked out. And it turns out that he was uh, just uh, a little low on fluid. Everything else was okay, you know, but uh, he doesn't want to drink any water. So uh, the doctors gave him a good talking to. But it leads into all the other things that, you know, our guest is doing right and being healthy working out taking care of your body it doesn't matter what age you are absolutely absolutely speaking of water ricardo you need to get him on the uh kangen machine kangen water is like the best i'm telling it, you man it is really hard to stay consistent and drink drink the amount of water you're supposed to every day oh i know but i gotta hand it to jeremy like he makes sure to crush his water every day all yeah. day yeah. They scared the shit out of me when I was in the hospital. Maybe watch all these videos about pressure sores yeah. and like UTIs. And I was like, okay, I'm going to drink. I'll drink water and I'll make sure to move. And uh, yeah, make sure to move around as much yeah. as possible. So, yeah, having uh, gone through my recent procedure too, um, water is a crucial part. So I, I don't usually typically drink water. I usually drink sparkling water. And so, um, you know, I've been told that it's not as great for hydration, but it serves the same purpose. Yeah. um, Being that it's just really carbonated water. Yeah. So if you can't, if you can't drink the Kangen water, at least drink the LaCroix, man. Yeah. Yeah. You should be, you should have a soda stream, be making your own sparkling water. No, I don't uh, want, yeah, I guess, man. Yeah. As long as you get that natural uh, flavoring. No sugar. It's oh, just yeah, the exact yeah, same yeah. thing, man. Yeah, uh, Anthony has a soda stream. He calls it his spice water. So. <laughs> spice water? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I, would, I feel like I would just want to drink more like alcohol if I had my own man, sparkling water. Man, I'm severely water. addicted. Be, yeah. I'm God, severely addicted to sparkling water, man. Yeah. What's mean, that? I'm, I'm addicted to sparkling water. Are you? I drink probably seven, eight cans of those a day. Oh, wow. Jeez, man. <laughs> so. I'm just like oh, always man. chugging one, but yeah. that's crazy. That's it's crazy. like 
if I mean I I when I was in high school I smoked cigarettes right for a very brief time many, many moons ago now but the reason why I remember about smoking what you really loved was kind of like that burn in your lungs yeah right that's really what you wanted and that's what you like about the sparkling water it, when that when you first crack it you kind of get that little burn and you're like oh it's good I like that. <laughs> so, so you know related to your podcast and car accidents like our guest was in i was in a bad car accident and i was 17 i just graduated from high school and um, it was my own fault it was me and my good friend john and at the time i was smoking and this what this car accident stopped me from smoking so uh you guys are probably way too young to remember this tv show called streets of san francisco but there were these chase nope. scenes in that movie where they would go over the hills you know, and they would jump the hills, right? Okay. Going downhill, yeah. and they would get the car I mean, Yeah. So I had the 70 Impala that I bought for like $350. Woo, <laughs> watch option. it. Yeah. <laughs> and I was out with my buddy John, like 3 o'clock in the morning, smoking. There's nobody. Tacoma is dead now. But, you know, 1979, that place was, you know, basically a cemetery. And he said, hey, let's do some streets of San Francisco. So we were kind of testing it, going downhill. Well stupid me really guns it going uphill well when you go uphill and you launch off the roadway the thing you land in is another hill right so it's like <laughs> so i hit the hill and smashed the whole front end of this impala off but i had a cigarette in my mouth and you speaking of the burn that's what it reminded me of I swallowed that cigarette. Oh my gosh. Oh my <laughs> man. It's just like and I was burping oh. smoke. I was looking for water, anything to get that out. It would not go out with every breath. It got hotter and hotter and hotter. The good old and days. These are the stupid things you do when you're a young man. It's just the good old days, yeah. Ricardo, oh, when man. you could smash down the street yeah. in the middle of a of you know, a, a big city, city yeah, yeah. going 60, smoking a cig without a seatbelt, and oh still not getting in trouble, man. Yeah. yeah. We're not doing anything for the perception of Seattle right now <laughs> at know, all. No. Well, yeah. So, so yeah, yeah, back to Zach. I mean, he's, you know, I was blown away by him when we were able to talk this, this last week. Um, just good dude. Uh, you know, he, he's a real outdoors guy, started this, uh, this company called Active Outdoors, Outdoors with a Z at the end. And there, you know, it's basically trying to get people out into, you know, out into the outdoors and being able to do, do things after you have, um, an, an injury, like a spinal cord injury. And, you know, if you, you know, cause I'm not, I was never an outdoors guy, so I'm not trying to get out there and do that. But if you were an outdoors person and you, you know, after your, your a spinal cord injury, like I couldn't even imagine trying to go camping right now. Right. Like not like just setting up a tent and sleeping on an air mattress. That's going to be a pain in the ass. So he's trying to kind of show how to get back out there and, and do these cool things that, um, cause I mean, it's always good to be outside, good to be in, in the, out in the, in wilderness and things like that. So well, he's, he's like, uh, enjoying life, right. enjoying the yes. things he had before the accident. I think the accident happened during a camping trip or something like that. Yep. But, you know, and he's, um, you know, he has a lot of failures. He said, you know, uh, working on how to get things going, but he reminded me a little bit of, uh, Archimedes, right. You know, give me a lever and I'll move the world. And he looks at that. He doesn't look at himself as being disabled as much as I, I have the feeling as more as you know what lever do i need to move my world right. think about this jay yeah, yeah. i agree because think about this um when's the last time you went camping but like a couple of years before a year before my accident I mean, it was probably. probably like what 1996 yeah so 1996 or 97 yeah a long time right and i mean or or think about this when's the last time you went to the beach like three years ago. And then before that, how long but was it? But it was like 20 years and before that. And then think about when you went to the beach, like how much that meant to you. Oh, it you did, like, man. Yeah, I was, I was talking that about that one for... one experience, man. Yeah, I was talking about that for a while. Cause... So bringing those experiences back to the people that have been... Um, had those taken away from them, that's yeah. a very cool oh, yeah. mission yeah. Yeah. to bring. Oh, absolutely, man. Yeah, what he's doing is really, really cool. Yeah. Really cool. And then I and then also him and his wife are trying to adopt a baby, which is 
you know, when you're dealing with spinal cord injury and, and he said that, you know, he, he mentioned in the podcast or in the interview there that we, you know, that him and his wife had had some fertility issues. So they're now they're trying to do a private adoption. And, uh, you know, I was interested to find out if, if he had run into any kind of, uh, discrimination or anything because like, Oh, you're in a wheelchair. Like, how are you going to adopt a baby or something like that? And he said he was kind of worried about that too, but he hasn't really run into much of that yet. But also at the same time, they're trying to do it privately and not through an agency. So, but but he also said that he's gone through. A, they have like a preliminary test, right? Right, yeah, right. And, and they yeah, they so it's all not that criteria. yeah. So you yeah, still yeah. have to pass some yeah, some yeah, yeah. Um, some hurdles to be able to to be in a position to adopt. Um, and, and him and his wife have have passed both of, or all of those. But yeah, he you know. It's just they're doing it privately. He said you have to worry about scams though too. You know, like that's he said they've been dealing with a lot of scams, um, or at least found a few of them, which is crazy. You know, you wouldn't think that people, yeah, people are crazy. Oh, yeah, man, people are scam. Opportunistic anybody. man, yeah. opportunistic people out there. Vulnerable no people, what. man, just looking to you yeah. know change their own life for the better, and then you know you have people that want to want to come in and take advantage of that. It's, right. You know, exactly. And, and, you know, I think the thing that I took away from this interview with Zach that you had with him was that um, he is, um, you know, living his best life. He's moving forward with everything. He doesn't look at anything as a hurdle to him. Right. And uh, I found that really inspirational. Right. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that he says, like, he'll just go out in his driveway and, like, figure out problems. Like, getting in, like, yeah. he's got, he's a Jeep enthusiast. He, he yeah. you know, has, mm-hmm. like, a, a raised up Jeep. So Some it's people like, get a real joy out of that, man. Yeah. Like, just, their brains work in a, in a, like, a black and white and mechanical way. Right. And it's like, all right. I, I'd like to, like I said, I like to call him the Archimedes of disabled people. Because, you know, give me a lever and I'll make it happen. Yeah, you know? yeah he's so. definitely, yeah. yeah, he's a good dude. Um, yeah, you know, without, without further ado, let's uh, get to Zach and we will talk to you guys on the other side. All right. This week on the Live to Walk Again podcast, we are very excited to visit with Zach Wolf. Zach is a spinal cord injury survivor. Uh, he's the owner of Adaptive Outdoors and uh, him and his wife, Brittany are documenting the process of adopting a child. Uh, Zach, welcome to the show, man. Thank you so much for joining me. Hey, thank you for having me. Yeah, this is great. This is great. I've uh, I've wanted to get you on for a little while here, and uh, you know, I'm glad we were able to to make it work. So, um, you know, for anyone that doesn't already know your a little bit about your story, you know, can you tell us how were you actually injured and when did that happen? So. In 2000, July 3rd, 2011, um, I was in an automobile accident. Uh, I was going to college to study computers. I was doing computer science and it was in the summer, obviously. So we were having a good time camping. Uh, We were camping out about 10 miles out of town and we decided we had to run into town about noon that afternoon. And we come in and I was, we were in a single cab vehicle, single cab truck. I was in the middle seat and the driver, and then I had a passenger next to me. Came around to Sharp Bend. Um, the driver overcompensated the turn. We were going a little too fast. Hit the bank, rolled the truck over on this roof. When that happened, it literally, I was knocked out for probably five, five minutes, they told me, and uh, I woke up face down on the road. When I woke up face down on the road, I could not move anything. I couldn't move my arms couldn't move my legs, couldn't turn my neck, and I couldn't feel anything either. So I just knew, you know, so I did something. Um, and I've been life lighted three times now in my life. Rup- I ruptured my spleen, fractured my skull, and got this last one got me pretty good. But uh, we, uh, so I got transported, life lighted to Pittsburgh and here in Pennsylvania. And they sort of told me what I, injury I had. Um, it was a C5, C6 spinal cord injury. So I'm thinking, you know, couple, couple weeks, couple days, I'll be good to go. I'll be up running again. And, but I was wrong. Um, it was a very tough road from there. Uh, I sort of, I was in, uh, ICU for a week 
And then I got moved to rehab, inpatient rehab, which I was there for three months. And when I was there, uh, I had, I decided, I decided I had two choices. I could either lay there and feel sorry for myself, or I can make the situation better. I can do it. So it's on me. It wasn't on anybody else. And I had a lot of, a lot of, I guess, anger at first, but, um, I just realized that early on that it was on me. Nobody's going to fix the situation, but me. Uh, so that's where the grinding started in therapy. Um, really started pushing it then. So that's a little bit about my first, first part of the story. No, that that's, uh, thanks for sharing that, man. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, common, you know, you, you hear it's a lot of times like gun gunshots or falls or, or car accidents are a lot of, a lot of the reasons that this uh, injury happens. So, um, so, you know, you said that you were laying kind of face down. Uh, were you actually thrown out of the vehicle? Is that how you wound up outside of it? Or did your friends pull you out or do you actually, know? my friends, my friends pulled me out of the vehicle. Um, I was sort of stuck down. The truck was on its roof. And I was sort of stuck down underneath the dash and they pulled me out of the vehicle. Um, when they did pull me out, I actually got a huge, from my shoulder down to my wrist, I got a huge, my arm was pretty much sliced wide open. Um, so that's the only way I knew I was actually pulled out of the vehicle. Uh, okay. And then they told me later on. So, so you woke up and you were laying face down and couldn't move. Like what? you know, I mean, what's going through your mind at that point in time? And do you remember like getting airlifted out of there and, and kind so, of, were you conscious for most of it after the initial accident? So like when, uh, the initial, I was laying on the road, um, you know, you hear this, these crazy things, uh, people say, you know, they could tell when they're close to death sort of. And I, uh, literally the number one thing I remember is the brightest white light that I've ever seen in my life. Like literally it was insane. And next thing I know, I opened my eyes and my buddy that lived close by actually ran down, heard the accident, ran down and he was yelling to me and I woke up to him yelling. And then I was sort of in and out of consciousness. Um, I was bleeding and I could, my head was bleeding a little bit. So I was in and out of consciousness. And then I got actually got transported to our local hospital by ambulance first and then I got airlifted out of there as soon as I got there pretty much um and then I don't really remember much of the life flight I just remember waking up and tons of doctors around me it's pretty oh, crazy wow. yeah no kidding I always think about um you know you hear about like football players that they get injured playing and they can you know they're conscious they can see they can you know but they can't breathe or something and like i just yeah. imagine like the panic of that so um i don't know if you dealt with did you deal with any of that like feeling like you couldn't breathe or anything as far uh, as it was yeah it was complete like as you could imagine my body was completely in shock and i just yeah it like took the breath away and i i didn't even know what was going on it literally happened i always tell everybody it happened you know people say in the blink of an eye that, you know, this happened in the blink of an eye, literally one second, I'm fine. Next second, I can't do anything. I lost everything. Wow. Wow. Was, so were you still living at home at that time then going to school? Yes, I was, I was back home for the summer. Um, lived with my parents. Uh, and obviously they, they lived in a two-story house, of course. So everything had to be adapted to where, when I ended up getting that transition home. So it was a, it was a rough go. Yeah. Yeah. What was, I mean, yeah. What was that transition like coming home from the hospital? I guess after you said you were in, in uh, the ICU for a little bit and then three months in, in rehab, like what was your, um, and how much came back, I guess, during, cause you said you basically couldn't move anything, even your arms at, at the yep. time of a, uh, of the accident and then like so how quickly did things start coming back so i can i can see you on the video moving moving your arms a little bit yeah yep yeah so what what was that process like of, of your kind of re return of movement and things like that okay so um i'll give you a rundown of what when i got into inpatient rehab um that's where i struggled with a little bit of 
as you can imagine, a little bit of depression, um, 19 years old, living a high life, living the dream, um, having fun with my friends and immediately stopped. Uh, so I struggle a little bit with that. And then I'm in, I'm in therapy, never miss a day of therapy. That was my biggest thing. I was very hard on myself that I was going to go to every session that I had to go to, I was going, and then I wanted extra sessions. So I literally buckled down, told myself, you got to do this. You can't lay here and first sorry for yourself every day. So in therapy, inpatient therapy, I regained a little bit of arm movement. Um, I was able to start to wheel myself in a manual wheelchair. They did not want me to leave in a manual wheelchair uh, because they said I'd never be able to get around in one. There's no way, you know, you need a power wheelchair. You can't, you're not gonna be able to get around in one. So that right there put fuel in the fire. I was gonna leave in a manual wheelchair. Um, so that was my goal. I pushed towards that. I ended up leaving in a manual wheelchair uh, with a little bit of assist uh, on the chair. They had these little nubs sticking out on the push rails. So I left there, came home. My parents had to adapt the house, turn our garage that was connected to the house into a bathroom bedroom, um, which was a task because we had to revamp our whole downstairs of our house. Uh, the transition home was very rough. Uh, I didn't know what to expect. I guess coming up to that point, I didn't know what to expect. You know, uh, my friends were down. My friends were amazing. They were down seeing me every day they could. Um, and then coming home, if I didn't want to do something or I, they could tell I was in a little down mood, they would be at my house. Like they were amazing. So the transition home was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. And anything, you know, I felt they never made me feel like a, a burden. Like we'd go to a party when I came home because I would go out and I had to get, they made me go out. So I literally would go to parties and they would nothing, never once that was it a pain in the butt for them. I mean, they made everything. It was amazing. Uh, so a year after my accident, I had the opportunity to get stem cell. Uh, so this is where it gets interesting. Uh, so I got stem cell. Um, I was in Panama City, Panama for a month, a full month I was there. Uh, it was five days a week therapy. They did injections um, in my spinal cord and, and into my arm. Down there it was very, very intense therapy. Um, nothing like I was used to back here. Uh, you got tired, you kept going. It was no stopping. So I regained a lot of upper body function. My arms, my triceps started to come back. My feeling, I got full feeling throughout my whole body from that. Uh, I truly believe it was from that. It Maybe it did come back, you know, there's always, but I truly believe it was. And I regained a lot of function uh, from work either it was the therapy or the stem cells. So I, I really can't say for sure, but uh, when I got back, I continued working six days a week in therapy, um, some days, seven days a week. And I got to the point where I was able to walk with KAFO braces. So from my hip to my foot, I have a brace that locks my knee out. So I sort of swing my hips forward to walk. Um, so that started coming back. Uh, like I said, the feelings kept coming. I started getting a little bit of hot and cold feeling. Um, but I started, I continued working. And when I got back, like I said, and I honestly, my hands, my left hand works about 80%. My right hand really doesn't work very much at all. My wrists, my wrists are, uh, about hundred percent back. My triceps are probably 90%. So I regained a lot of function, but I continued to do therapy these past 10 years. Like I've never stopped doing therapy. So every day when I come home from work, I'm constantly doing something. That's awesome. So, and you said that you went down to Panama city, Panama a year after the accident, about a year after my accident. Yep. Oh man, that that's so cool. Um, and so you never had any like, uh, uh, nothing ever went uh, reverted back after you started gaining stuff back. It never 
reversed itself at all. Yeah, you hear that a lot from from some of the stem cell therapies that you know a couple years later it you know started wearing off a bit or you know this or that. I never reverted back. Um, I've had friends. I've talked to a lot of people that went down to get stem cell. Uh, actually, in the same place that I did, and some people got nothing. Um, but I truly feel that the whole therapy part of it, working your butt off till you're just done, tired, and not missing a therapy session really helped me. Honestly, the therapy could have definitely been the key factor because I got pushed to my limits and was doing things that I couldn't do when I first got there that they made me do before I left. So, I mean, um, it was a totally different type of therapy. And even my therapist back home, when I got back home, they went above and beyond. I mean, they researched what uh, workouts to do. And I mean, I had a very, very good set of therapists. They never worked with anybody with a spinal cord injury because uh, we're some, we're from such a small town. So it was on them. They had to find what would work, what wouldn't work. We would try different things. Uh, my insurance, I couldn't get uh, like KFOs at first. So we got knee immobilizer braces and adapted them to work to try to walk and swing my legs. So, I mean, it was, it was a lot of therapy, but I feel that a therapist, this is just me that feeds off of your attitude. Like if you're in there, you go in there and you're like, all right, let's, let's do this. Let's get this done. Let's, let's do what we got to do. They get more upbeat. That's how I feel. Nice. Nice. So when you were able to go down for that uh, stem cell procedure, it was that I'm assuming that was probably all out of pocket for you, you and your family. It was. Um, how much do you know, like, or do you mind saying how much that cost at the time? No. Um, so we did a lot of fundraisers. My community came together and did a lot of fundraisers and it took a while. Um, so the first time I went down housing, the treatment. So we stayed in a condo. Uh, you had transportation to and from the stem cell clinic. Um, and I think the whole trip, I, we calculated everything with food and everything was like 36,000, um, which is a lot of money. Uh, and we, you know, if it wasn't for the, the fundraisers and stuff, I'd have never been able to do it, but I had to do it for myself. And when we were down there, there was, uh, it was not as big as it is now, I should say like their facility now that people have gone down in a, just recently is really gotten a lot bigger. And I've seen things um, down there that a guy came in in a wheelchair. He had MS came in in a wheelchair. If I believe correctly is MS he came in in a wheelchair and he was there for a month with me. So he started the same trial, same time I did. And when he left, he was not walking with a walker. He walked in, walked out. It's like, it was like a miracle. And they said, you know, that's not stuff that always happens, but this guy took to it very well. And I mean, it was amazing. And I just truly believe that, like I said, I, I can't say for sure if it was the stem cell, but I truly believe it helped me. I do. That, that's so cool, man. That is so cool. Yeah. And what was the name of the the place that you went, the, uh, the facility down there in Panama. So it was called the stem cell Institute. Um, if you get on online, it's, it's uh, cellmedicine.com. I believe that's still what it is. Uh, but it's I'll link, I'll link that with the podcast too. So people can check it out if they yeah. wants to, to go. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I still, I was down there my, so I went down, um, a year after my accident and then two years after my accident, I got a booster. So I was there for two weeks after that. Um, and I still am in contact with the doctor down there. I was actually emailing back and forth to her a couple months ago. Uh, Cause I had a, a fellow that was lived a town, a couple towns over that I got hooked up with this lady to go down. So, I mean, they're very, they're very, very cool. And it was, uh, I think my doctor that I, that did a lot of the injections and the removed my bone marrow um, he was from Texas and he moved his family down there. Oh. So it's pretty cool. Nice. 
Nice. Well, you know, moving on, I want to talk about some of the cool stuff you're doing now too. So, you know, with so I'm assuming you were probably you were already an outdoor enthusiast before your accident. Yeah. Like it sounds like you were camping, you know, just prior to your accident. Yes. Um, you know, after your accident, what was the process like of um, you know, pr- prior to starting like adaptive outdoors, what was the process like of getting um back out into you know doing some outdoors activities and you know what kind of obstacles did you run into things like that yeah that's a very good question um it was rough at first because i didn't know if i'd be able to drive i didn't know if i'd be able to get back in my jeep um i didn't know if i'd be able to go camping i didn't know what i would be able to do so i sort of dove into it and just experimented if i could try it i tried it uh my friends all my guy friends they're pretty pretty big built and you know they might have to throw me up in a truck which they still help me get in the trucks and stuff and um so i did a lot of thinking outside the box so i would literally sit in my driveway my parents driveway at the time and even now i'll sit in my driveway and if i can't figure something out trying to figure out how to get my leg up in my jeep or get my leg uh, into onto my hand cycle bike. I'll sit there and figure it out. I'll sit there as long as it takes to figure, figure it out. Uh, I was just out. I just mastered getting on and off my hand cycle the past year. And I would sit there for an hour until I got on the bike. I was going to do it. So once you figure it out, you can tweak and make it a little bit better. Same as getting my wheelchair in and out of my car. I had to figure out my, the way I could do it, the, the technique that I could do it at, and that's how I do it. So it took a lot of, a lot of tweaking and a lot of thinking outside the box, but uh, thank God. I mean, my wife helps me so much getting in and out of the, my Jeep. Cause of course I put a lift on my Jeep and it's not, I don't make it easy for myself, but uh, you can't, we can't always make it easy. So she helped me a ton getting in and out of the, of the, the Jeep now and even the side by side and stuff. And we, we get out, we go camping. Um, I literally do everything I used to do. And then some, even though it does take me a little bit longer to do or a little different way to do it, you just have to get your, get your technique down. And that's the hard thing. I know a lot of people say, well, how, where do you start? You just start. You can't, you got to think a little bit and then just try it. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And believe me, my parents, my wife, they have seen me get very angry. Um, I mean, sometimes some things don't go your way and you do get that just very mad. Uh, you can't, can't do nothing about it, but then you got to take a wheel back and think about it. But yeah, it really comes down to how bad do you want it? How bad do you want to do that task. I truly am a firm believer that, uh, I've been, I mean, my mom, my, and my, my parents and my wife, they've seen me on the ground a couple times trying different things. I fell out of my wheelchair, you know, these, my doctor, when I go to the doctor, she always says, uh, if you had any falls lately, it's like, yeah, I, I fall a decent amount of time. Cause I try a lot of dumb stuff, but, uh, <laughs> I try to, I, I learned, you learn how to fall fall gracefully, I guess. There you go. There you go. <laughs> That's hilarious, man. So, you know, talk about adaptive outdoors. Like when, when did that start and you know, what, what's the kind of the, the purpose behind it? What, what do you, what is it that you're, you're hoping to accomplish with that? So I started adaptive outdoors last year. Um, I've been, want, I been wanting to start something, but I was never one to put myself out there. I was never one to post videos of me doing things. So I was sort of, I guess you could say embarrassed. I didn't, never, never did that. So I started, I figured last year um, during the whole COVID thing, um, I was off work for a little bit and I'm like, I'm going to just start it. I'm going to try it. I want it. My whole goal with Adapt But Doors is to show people that a disability doesn't define a person. You can do what you put your mind to. And there's a lot of adaptive equipment out there to offer. I personally had no idea the amount of stuff that's out there to help people get out in the outdoors and do things in the outdoors. I, uh, that was my, that's my goal because I, when I first got injured and up till 
I'm still learning things, um, different adaptive equipment and just uh, help other people see what people can do. And the, you know, it does. And I do show the bad things. Some I do show, you know, I do talk about how some days aren't as good as others and you have them days. Uh, it's everybody thinks, you know, you get, they always see me, I'm wheeling around and in a good mood, but everybody has bad days. Able body people have rainy days. They, they just, you know, everybody has them. So I want to show people the real true colors. Like you do have bad days, but you also can do anything you put your mind to. And I put that on all my platforms to show people, look, this person, they did this, or they did this this way. Um, I show videos of me getting in and out of my car, uh, getting in my Jeep. Maybe they can take one thing away from that and finally master their task of what they're trying to do. So that's, that's sort of the goal behind Adaptive Outdoors and just to raise awareness about a disability doesn't define a person. Um, you know, all too often, I know I go into, say we're going to Walmart and, you know, you always get the people just staring at you, looking at you like, it's like, like well, how does he drive? How does he do this? I want to raise, sh show people like how we do things, how a person with spinal cord injury in a wheelchair, whatever, drives with hand controls or because a lot of people don't know how we do things. So I, I like to put that out there. That's my, that's my goal to raise awareness. Oh, that, that's very cool, man. That's very cool. I was wondering what, like when you did start going back out camping and, and, you know, going, getting in you know, you know, the truck with your friends and, and going like off-roading or whatever, whatever you guys would do, what was the biggest obstacle that you would say you ran into from like just dealing with your spinal cord injury relating to going out and, and doing that sort of thing. Um, if you can think of one thing, there's a couple, there, there's a, there's a couple things. Uh, so I always felt like sort of, I was a burden, like, Oh, they have to throw me up in the truck or they have to throw me up in there. And I, you know, people can, or they can jump right out of their Jeep or uh, we off-road a lot and uh, my buddies, they can jump right out of their Jeep and, you know, walk around or whatever. I can't get out to hook up a winch. Uh, just there's a, there's a couple things that bug me, but I don't let, I don't stay in that point. Um, you know, I've said time and time again to my friends, like, oh, you know, why do I even go do this? Because I can't jump out to hook up the winch. I can't, I'm stuck, you know, they're like, we don't care. This is what is fun. This is what's fun about it we get stuck, we help each other out. And I pulled my friends out. They pulled me out. I mean, it's, so there's a, it is hard to not be able to do certain physically. If I had to get out, I could do, I could, I could figure out a way to do it. I'm sure, but I'd get full of mud and everything, but it's like, that is some of the things they are. That is rough. It is rough. So, yeah, it sounds like almost more like mentally, your own ops like kind of roadblocks you're putting up like that you don't yeah. you feel bad that you're having to rely on everybody to do stuff for you which i can yeah. totally relate to so yeah i mean that yeah. that's uh that's understandable for sure but uh it's hard yeah yeah no that's very cool so um yeah like um what what are kind of your goals then with you know i know you're, you're trying to do uh awareness with the with the uh adaptive outdoors um, you know, once COVID starts breaking now, are you guys going to do like some, some events and things like that, yeah. where you, you know, get people together out do, doing uh, cool outdoor stuff? Yeah. My goal, um, once hopefully this stuff, uh, the COVID thing slows down, I always wanted to have, get a group and go hand cycling. Cause there's nobody anywhere around that does hand cycling. I'd like to get a group of people to do that. And we're actually working on an event to once everything everything clears up hopefully an event to bring disabled together to an off-road park uh we're trying to work with roush creek it's called and we are gonna work together and try to get a bunch of people out there and even take them get them in these jeeps and show them a good time for the day or you know just uh we're actually going to an event this weekend down at this off-road park that's uh called forward a heel and it helps wounded wounded warriors and they literally we'll take them for rides and so i want to do something like that for others that 
maybe have never been in an off-road park or never got in a Jeep. We're gonna we're working on a couple couple projects actually right now that's getting built um, to assist in getting in these lifted Jeeps. Uh, so my buddies at uh, Hardcore Off Road, he builds and rides with me all the time. He owns his own company. He uh, does. He's a custom fabricator. So he's actually we're working together on building a couple systems to get in, in and out of Jeeps easier. Uh, so we're, we're working on a lot of stuff. Um, I would, I would even like to have just get together with others and just talk. So, yeah, no, that, that's very cool, man. Yeah. That sounds like a great, great plan. Uh, you know, I wanted to, to switch gears a little bit and talk about, um, you know, the adoption process that you and your, your beautiful wife, Brittany are going through, like how long have you guys uh, been married actually? We've been married. Oh man, you put me on the spot. Oh, sorry. Six man. years. Six years. <laughs> six years. So we've been together six years. It. And, I uh, won't ask you the date. Don't worry. <laughs> no, uh, no that's, that's cool, man. So, you know, what, um, what, yeah, what's that process like going through, you know, with the adoption thing? Like, I know you had mentioned off the air that, that you guys are doing it privately, not trying to go through. Yeah, we're doing um, it privately. Yeah. So yeah, talk, just talk about, about that process and what that kind of means to you and your wife. And so we, uh, after, you know, a couple of years of uh, trying to have a kid, uh, we struggled with infertility. So we decided we were, we're going to go to the adoption route and uh, it was, we decided to go privately just to do it on our own um, instead of going through an agency right now, just, uh, you know, matching up with, adoptive parents, um, talk to other adoptive parents, I should say, um, birth parents, and you get matched up. And we went through, we had to go through a home study. The home study is where they come in your house. They go through your whole house, make sure it's, you know, kid friendly and you have to actually pass this home study. So once your home study approved, then you can start sort of marketing yourself. So we have a Facebook and Instagram page, uh, Wolf's Adoption Journey. Um, so, I mean, we, that's where we market ourselves and say, you know, sort of, sort of, so people can learn about us. Um, if they're looking to go the adopt adoption route, they can see what our lives are like, see what, see what we do. So that's sort of the gist of how that works. Gotcha. Gotcha. Have you, I know you mentioned that you kind of run into some some scams and things like that on, yeah. online like what what is that pro you know like what it that, that's got to be so frustrating for you it it is it's very we uh we've had probably four sort of scams now um you know the people shoot you a message and say hey um blah blah, blah i am x months pregnant i'm looking to give my child up for adoption and we used we got so excited we were like oh this, this is awesome so we have a lawyer on standby. So if we need a lawyer, she'll, our lawyer will talk with the, the birth mother and they'll get everything set up. But these scams that we've got, um, sort of, as soon as you say lawyer, they sort of back out because, um, we've got a couple so far that wanted help with money. They couldn't afford different things. And we would, it ha everything has to go through our lawyer. So, that's fine, but we have to go through a lawyer. And as soon as you say lawyer, it's like, nope, don't even hear back from him. So it's sort of, it's been a very, it's been a struggle for me and my wife um, just to get your hopes up. We've got them up so many times. And now, you know, we got sort of got our guard up, but it's, it's very hard. It's difficult. And it's amazing to me that it, it's amazing to me that people would do that. I guess when you're at that point, it's like, you know, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, I couldn't even imagine, man. Uh, you know, have, do you have you felt like there's been any like discrimination or like issues with your injury, like kind of holding people up on on the adoption front at all? You know, I haven't got that yet, but it was always a fear of mine. Um, it was always a fear of mine. You know, maybe they thought, well, you know, he's in a wheelchair. What, you know, he really can't do this or that. But I haven't got that yet. But it's always been in my mind. Um, which I think is understandable, you know, but I haven't got it yet. So that's one thing I haven't got. Right. That's good. That's good. Um, you know, I know that 
you hear about like, oh, it's like the average time to adopt a child, like using an agency is like X amount of months or years or whatever. Like, is there like a kind of a, a set standard for private adoptions or do you know one way or the other? Not really. It's just, um, you just got to keep your, keep hoping. Um, luck of the draw. Luck of the draw, it seems like to me and what I've learned. My wife um, is a guru at this stuff. She's been going, reading, researching, getting on profiles, interacting with people. Um, I do with her, but uh, it's, it's hard for me. It's hard for me and her once, uh, you know, when you're talking to maybe this girl and um, they're all going, oh, you're talking for a couple of days and then boom, you say, lawyer, it's done. So that is a little bit hard for me. So you know, when there's a serious, we've had a couple of serious um, that just didn't work out yet, but uh, I'm always involved with all that. Uh, but she's, she, she gets on all the social media, the follows all the parents that have adopted before and we get a lot of tips and uh, read read a lot of things so we're getting we're getting there it's just nice. just got to keep hoping and praying absolutely absolutely um and then kind of a couple of last questions here zach i know um you've mentioned a couple of times like uh you know working and you know, had some time off during the pandemic what do you uh do for a living so i started out probably four years after my accident at a plant um, it's a powder metal facility. Uh, we manufacture automotive and um, agriculture parts. Uh, I started out as a inspect inspector. I would inspect these parts for cracks, chips, things like that. Um, and then it sort of evolved into them training me in the quality department on handling all the paperwork side of things. Uh, so right now, that's what I do. I'm in the quality department. I handle all the incoming and review all the incoming parts. Uh, I, the paperwork part side of things. So I'm just ensuring that everything's in line when it gets into production. So I really do enjoy my job um, and it keeps me busy and it has helped me. That's one thing that's helped me more than I could ever stress. I get out, I have a routine. I get up in the morning, I get a wheelchair in and out of my car. Um, I learned things at work that I probably would never have learned if I wouldn't be, have been working. Um, just, I had to do tasks tasks on my own. Um, there was no, my wife wasn't there or my mom wasn't there to help me do them. So I was forced to do them. So that's why I did them. And I do, work did help me a lot. Nice. That's very cool. They're very cool. And then I wanted to know, uh, you know, I always ask people kind of at the, for the last question, um, you know, have you found anything health-wise, like maybe supplements or um, something you do that is a little bit outside the box that might be able to help other people dealing with a spinal cord injury? Um, you know, so, I don't know. I don't mean to put you on the spot, but no, you know? no. Um, actually, so my wife is gluten-free, and she gets sick for. When she eats gluten, she's dairy free. So we eat very healthy. Um, we chicken, rice. Um, oh, rice is super healthy. But we eat. She, we don't. We don't eat bread. Um, so I eat very healthy. I feel. Um, I do take vitamins every day. I take cranberry, vitamin C, zinc, B12, and vitamin D. I think that that helps me. Um, I do take a protein drink, but I feel that when I eat something, like uh, if I go to the a restaurant and get a burger or I eat a bunch of pretzels, we'll say for, I don't eat after seven o'clock. So if I eat pretzels after seven o'clock, I feel it. Like I, my stomach is cramping up. I can feel it. So I feel that eating healthy has gave me a lot of energy. And I actually just got over COVID myself uh, two weeks ago. So I was, I wasn't super sick, um, but I feel that the healthy eating, the vitamins, taking a lot of vitamin C, taking a zinc, I feel that it helped me out a lot and it helps me out a lot daily. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you mind if I ask if you were vaccinated? I wasn't. 
You weren't okay, and you. Nope. That's good to know that you uh, you came through it all right, man. With uh, dealing with that, you know. Yeah, I just I'm, I'm not against vaccination or anything. I just didn't get it yet, and uh, I was very nervous when I got test positive, and I, but I came through it. Thank God, pretty well. That's that's yeah no that's that's good to know, man. So you, and you didn't have I mean, did you have a lot of breathing issues during it or anything like that? You said I it had was a, pretty mild. I had a lot of coughing. My my head was really plugged up sort of but uh coughing is very hard for me because my diaphragm's affected so i have to bend forward to cough so i can push it out sort of so i that was hard for me i actually just got on my hand cycle last thursday for the first time after this and it took a strain on me i was had some breathing trouble i couldn't catch my breath my chest hurt so it definitely put a toll on me um this thursday i'm gonna hit it again and try it so I took a little bit of a break to see how I would feel. And uh, I'm, I feel a thousand times better, but it takes a toll. It definitely took a toll on me. Yeah, that's that's good. I mean, it's good to hear from, uh, we've had a few people on that, that have spinal cord injuries that have gotten COVID. And it's, it's, I just, I like to be able to, you know, for the, the listeners at home that, that are dealing with spinal cord injuries as well, to be able to hear, you know, kind of what the, what it was like getting getting COVID and, and dealing with that. So I'm glad you came through that. Okay. Uh, before you. I let you go, um, do you want to give us? I know you already did give the um, the adoption uh, website, but do you want to give kind of your the websites and the socials for yeah. you and your and then you and your wife's uh, adoption journey and all that? Yeah. So um, Z, let me make sure I get these right. <laughs> Z Wolf One is my personal account. Instagram account, I should say. I got um, Adaptive Outdoors. It's Adaptive Outdoors with a Z. And then we got Wolf's Adoption Journey. It's uh, W-O-L-F-E-S Adoption Journey. All one word. Okay. Awesome. And we, we'll, uh, I'll definitely link everything to the podcast when we put it out. So. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Zach. I appreciate it, man. I'm we're, we're wishing you luck, you and your wife luck with uh, the adoption process and, and uh, all the, all the success you guys can possibly have with the adaptive outdoors. And Thank yeah, I'd you. love to love to check back in maybe down the road a bit and, and see how things are going with that. Definitely. Thank you so much for having me too. Thank you. Uh, yeah, no, it's been awesome, man. Appreciate your time. Thank you. All right. Take care. Hey, see ya. Bye. All right, that was Zach Wolf. I appreciate him coming on the podcast. I think he, he's got a great message. Go definitely go follow him and uh, his wife Brittany on their adoption journey. Follow him on uh, you know building up his company, um, Adaptive Outdoors with a Z. I'll link all that stuff to the podcast. But yeah, I mean, just what a guy, man. Yeah, I agree. I think, uh, I, you know, I wish him the best uh, in the, his endeavor to uh, adopt a baby. I mean, you know, when you go out and do that, I hope that the children in the future realize that, uh, you know, when people have kids, you know, sometimes they're accidents and they're not really wanted. But when you adopt something, uh, or, I mean, somebody, you know, or <laughs> a dog or whatever you get, you know, you want it because you love it. And yeah. that's the most important thing. And I, I think a lot of people, there's always kind of this weird thing about, oh, you were adopted. Mm. Yeah, you were adopted because you were loved, mm. man. And mm-hmm. and that's the message I'm getting from this couple. So that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think we uh, can all agree that we all have some family members that we aren't blood related to. And it doesn't really change how we feel about one another. Um, and it doesn't mean that you're any, any less important to them. So I totally agree with you, Ricardo, that, you know, love is, is certainly the motivating factor, uh, behind adoption for the most part. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, Ricardo, I wanted to talk to you cause you're dealing with, with your uncle. I know we've kind of talked a, a bit about uh, oh, yeah, earlier, yeah, yeah. earlier in this episode as well, but I think we've kind of alluded to some stuff that you guys are going through right now. He's dealing with Parkinson's Yeah. Mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I mean, he's 90, 90 no, no, years no, old. No, 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 he's 86. He just oh, turned 86. 86. But you know, in the last five years, you know, just like with, um, you know, Zach's improvement, right? He had that stem cell 
um, injections, and he went back and got a booster. Right. But, you know, he was determined to improve himself, and he, I'm sure he hit plateaus, right, mm-hmm. along his recovery, and then you go. But now I'm watching my uncle over the last five years kind of step down that plateau. Right. Declining. Yeah, declining. And like I said, he was in the emergency room because he, could, he woke up and couldn't move his legs, and it terrified him. Um, but it just turned out that he was pretty much dehydrated and you know you need that for your muscles your bone your brain everything yeah yeah and so um, water is life yeah and so you know when i see somebody young like uh, zach out there who's disabled but has a similar condition you know mobility issues right but he's working on tools to lift himself move himself in and out of chairs um, what have you are on his hand bike i mean those are all the same things that my uncle is going to be working at because I'm trying to move him into a, an assisted living 24 hour care center, you know? So, yeah, yeah, that's, and well, I wanted to talk about kind of the, that he has kind of let some not great people. Oh yeah. Yeah. Kind He's of trusted it, the wrong people in and, his life. Yeah. yeah. And you know, like, you know, and I know that they've been, like I mentioned earlier, opportunistic. Uh, they've been really opportunistic on trying to take advantage of him and, and like and his living situation. And I just think that's like an important message to get out. Like, because I mean, that can happen to people that are not. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, old yeah. Yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, I mean, yeah. you're dealing with mobility issues. You want people around. You want to yes. be you know to be loved, whatever. And you have to worry about you know the wrong people coming in and trying to take advantage. Yeah, and so um, so I had a thing I'll just break out there. So I was there yesterday uh, working on getting his med list for this. Uh, he has an uh, interview with the nurse tomorrow. Um, and there was a knock on the door, and it was somebody from Protective Services, Adult Protective Services from the state. Uh-huh. And unfortunately, I'm like the target of that investigation. But I have nothing to hide. I am totally transparent, and they can investigate their hearts away. But right. it's a, due to like financial issues, somebody said. But I have power of attorney. I've had his power of attorney for like five years. We just recently updated, and I don't know if that's what triggered it. But <clears throat> I'm glad they're doing it. So, But if you're a yeah. disabled person or know somebody that's disabled, and you have some people that are doing some nefarious things, you can call in probably in all 50 states. It's totally anonymous. You know, I said, do you know who did it? And she says, yeah, we know who did it, but they can't. Um, we can't tell you. We're not going to tell you because we need to protect their, uh, uh, ide- their identity. And, um, you know, you're not in trouble. This is just an investigation. It's just an allegation right now. Right. And so there's no legal trouble, um, but uh, we'll see what happens. But if you're disabled and you can um, call it in on yourself if you feel that your caregivers are not giving you the right amount of care. Yeah, and you should definitely yeah. Yeah. If, you, if need be. Um, and yeah, like I'm really hoping that you don't go away because I don't know how we're going to – we can't bring – well, we can't record from from the prison, man. Well, I'll be in Shelton. I requested Shelton already. I oh, told okay. Him. Yeah. So yeah. Well, we, we can, maybe we'll, we, we can, can at least get out. some video, yeah, yeah. some Zoom footage from the <laughs> yeah. from the cell. Oh man. Yeah. That's too funny. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, you know, I think that was a great great uh, interview with Zach. I, I appreciate him joining us, guys. And uh, it, yeah, I mean it. I love doing these these episodes, man. These people are, you know, the people that we get on the show are so motivational to me personally and, you know, to what we're doing here. And I, I just think, like, I'm glad that we're able to provide a platform for for these stories to get out there, you know. You know, um, the only the only thing that um, I take away from some of the things where people are getting stem cell, you've had a number of people that had the stem cell, is why can't we do that in the United States? Why do they have to mm, go outside the country? Yeah. And that was the only part... That was well, uh, we could tell a bummer you. to me. But I know. I don't want to get all political right now and <laughs> bring people down. But I'm, I'm happy he did it. And uh, um, I'm happy that he had people, he had fundraisers and stuff that were able to help finance that stuff because it's darn expensive. And, yeah, it's, it's amazing. And he, he kind of mentioned how his community, you know, he comes from Rally. a small community. Yeah. And his, his community really rallied around him and, and helped him get, get to Panama for you know a number like six weeks i think he said he had to go the first time and then he went back a year later for a or a couple years later for a booster and um yeah it's it's great that he was able to to find that and and get some get some positive results from it so 
right. Yeah. All right. Until next week, guys, we will talk to you soon. Please rate, review, like, listen, share the podcast. Once again, we're just trying to find a cure for paralysis. Thanks.